You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It's the third and long show. And here's your host, Matty Caps. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are in a brand new uh, office building. We're in a Ray's Cafe here on Long Island in Hopog, New York. You got myself, Mr. Matty Caps, along with my co-host and producer, Mr. Speedy Petey. Mr. Speedy Petey, how are you today? I know it's been a little while since I've done my show. I've been going through some stuff then with the move and everything. It's been a little while, but... How's everything going with you? I'm sure you're happy right now with your garbage from Queens. uh, It's exciting. It was unexpected, but it is exciting that they are playing well. But, again, will the streak last or level out not too badly where they can stay playing well? I don't know. It's going to be a tough test ahead, but they're playing well. Well, you want to know what it is. That is something we are going to be talking about, and that's going to be one of our first topics today that we are going to be talking about, and it is the garbage from Queens, a.k.a. the New York. You will never hear me call them by their first real team name. They will always be the garbage from Queens to me or the little brother of the New York Yankees or the junior varsity uh, they'll never be called by their real name. And if they are called by their real name by me, it's by a mistake. And you know that, Speedy, because you were saying it before the show even started that, oh, you're still not going to call them by their name. No, Speedy, I'm not going to call them by what their name. What if they make the playoffs? Uh, they're still going to be the garbage from Queens because, let's be real here, I do think they're going to get in the playoffs, okay? I will say this right now. I think the garbage from Queens, a.k.a. the New York, I won't, well, I won't say it, will get into the playoffs. I put money on them to win the National League, to be honest with you. The odds were too good. And that pitching staff is very, very good. Oh, so now you have money on the line for them. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. For them. I put $500. And you're still going to call them that. To win $10,000 if they come out of the National League. If they go to the World Series, I win ten grand. Ten grand. And you're, so you're still going to call them, even if you win ten grand. Oh, how can I call them anything other? They're still not a good team. Like, all, all, all these... Social media posts I'm seeing from all these garbage from Queens fans. They're all so excited. They all, But let's be real here. They're nowhere near the New York Yankees. Look at the New York Yankees record right now, what they're doing with a double and triple A team. It's almost like the New York Yankees have the garbage from Queens training staff in there because every single person is hurt for the New York Yankees. Every single one has been hurt or been hurt. Okay, But we're not talking about the Yankees yet. We're still going to talk about the garbage from Queens. And it's very, very frustrating to me to see all these posts about finally the garbage from Queens because they're finally winning some games that who would have thought? They just swept the Miami Marlins. And Speedy, how good are the Miami Marlins, huh? Are they good? Absolutely You think not. they are. Every time you text me, you think they I, are. <laughs> I, I got to do that to bust your chops. That's 100% true. I do have to do that to bust your chops. But... They're not very good. And don't get me wrong. For a team that's only one spot out of the wild card after their win today, they won 7-2, they swept them. We'll talk about the game today in a little bit. There's, they're in fourth place in the NL East. Fourth. They're not in first. They're not in second. They're not in third. They're in fourth place of the NL East. And I said this from the beginning. 
that I thought the NL East this season would be the toughest division in baseball. And right now, it looks like it is the toughest division in baseball. Mm, I would still say the NL Central. I, 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 I thought about the Central, too. And, I, and, and you know what? The Central could be there with the Brewers, the Cubs, and the Cardinals, and, I th- and all that stuff. I still think those three teams are more talented, maybe besides the Braves, than the other NL East teams. And, and, and listen— I, I, I get it. And maybe those, two, those teams in the NL Central between the Brewers, Cubs, and Cardinals, they, they're better. They're upper echelon type teams. The Brewers and Cubs, Especially definitely. the Brewers. The Brewers are in third place in their division. They're struggling right now. Okay? But yeah, you, but they haven't had their peak yet. I think they still have Oh, stop, have stop, stop with this peak nonsense. Okay? I'm not dealing with this peak nonsense. They're, they're a good team. I like the Brewers to get very, very far, if you want me to be yeah, honest I with you, right. when, it, when it comes to the playoffs. But you look at this garbage from Queens team in the New York Junior Varsity, okay? They are playing some outstanding baseball. There is no, I, I like I want to come on here and I'm trying to bash them as best as I can by not even calling them by their real name. But but you look at what they've done. What what, what they win? Thirteen of the last fourteen or thirteen of 13 the last of 15, fifteen? Thirteen of the last fifteen games. And don't get me wrong, you played the Miami Marlins, so cool. You swept the Miami Marlins. Good for you. The Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, you took two or three from them. But then you go and beat all oh, the almighty Chicago White Sox. Let's look out for them. They're almost as bad as the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. No, they're not. I said almost as bad, not as bad. Almost as bad. And then you beat the Pirates again. You played the Padres. You played the Giants. You want to know what I'm looking forward to is this weekend series that they have against the Washington Nationals. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. This series against the, uh, against the Nationals is something that could make or break their season. Especially being home against a division rival. You're, uh, on Friday night, you're going to see Stroman and Strasburg, which I think could be an instant classic. Then you have Syndergaard and Corbin, who Corbin should have been a Yankee, but they didn't want to pay him. And then you're going to have DeGrom going on Sunday at 1 o'clock. So you're going to have DeGrom. Who knows who he's going to be facing from Washington. But this is a big series for the garbage from Queens going forward against the Washington Nationals. Because, again, the Washington Nationals are ahead of them in the standings. Okay? This is the time. What is it? 40-something games left? This is the time now where you want to see the garbage from Queens get hot. You want to see them get going if you're a Garbage from Queens fan. Me, I could care less. They stink. Uh, I don't see anything uh, special about them. Yes, Pete Alonso's having an unbelievable rookie season. you got to give him credit where credit's due. I thought he was going to be an awful player after the first week, and look at that. I'm proven wrong once again. It doesn't happen often, but I am proven wrong right now because Pete Alonso is arguably probably going to win Rookie of the Year, if you want me to be honest with you, in the National League. I mean... Is there anyone else you could think of that would win na- uh, Rookie of the Year in the National League besides Pete Alonso? In the National League? No. The, yeah, uh, I, I, the, I the, can't the, see I, Probably the next one is Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, beat probably. it, beat it, beat it, beat it. Fernando Tatis Jr., take a hike. That's not going to happen. But you look at this garbage from Queens and this pitching staff that they assembled, okay? When, when, when you have guys that could come in and just dominate, you have DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Wheeler, Matt. Max pitched a very well, very well today against the Miami Marlins. He gave up seven hits, two runs, uh, seven strikeouts, two walks, six and two thirds. That's all you can ask for your number five starter, am I right? Someone who's seven and seven. Max has from the past two years till now, Max has been unbelievable. He's you've seen so much growth and maturity from Steven Matz that it, it, it's if you could get him to be over five hundred as a, as your fifth starter, 
that's a good thing. If well, you're Matt's a garbage is somebody completes. that pitches well once he gets past the first two innings. Usually, if he struggles, he struggles early, and that's where he his numbers have been hurt a lot, and that's why his confidence early in the season was shot, and that's why he was moved to the bullpen. And since ever since then, he just besides the one start last week against the Pirates, he's been good since that move to the bullpen. So that is a good sign for him. Yeah, well, today was a spot start for him, so it, 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 it was very good to see that out of Stephen Matz today to come in. Yeah, it was against the Marlins. Again, I'm going to talk as much crap as I can because it's very hard well, no, to talk fine. crap. that's fine. It's fine. They haven't, they've had a light schedule right now, and that is Absolutely. a they, completely 100% fair argument. And again, it, I'm not somebody who believes that every tear, streak, whatever, will last the whole time. I, and that's why I still think that as long as they still kind of level out against these contending teams, that's what it'll take for them to do that because you can't expect this to just be a whole emotional ride kind of thing. What do you mean? Every, every uh, Garbage from Queens fan is riding on this high emotion right now until they tail off. If they get swept by the Washington Nationals, I'm talking so much junk to every single one of my friends who are Garbage from Queens fan. Everybody on social media, I'm going to talk so much garbage to them because they, every time, this is like the Garbage from Queens in April. They go, what, what, what did they do last year? 14 and 1, 14 and 2. Everyone thought they were winning the World Series. And what happened? Okay. Let's take a chill. Let's take a step back. They've won some big games. Not even big games yet. They've won the games they were supposed to win. You're supposed to beat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay. You're supposed to beat the Miami Marlins. You're supposed to beat the Padres. Let's see what you do against the Washington Nationals. Win two or three against the Washington Nationals this weekend. Go to Atlanta, win two or three they against them. They cannot play well in Atlanta. But they cannot play well anywhere. But these are teams in your division. Atlanta's leading the division right I now. I know. I so, don't think they'll catch and, and, anyway. And, but remember what I said before the season started. I had the Atlanta Braves winning the division in this tough NL East. But, but you look at the rest of the games. Yeah, you go to Kansas City for three after Atlanta. But then you play Cleveland at home, which... A- a- AL Central is not easy, and the Cleveland Indians are fighting for a playoff berth, mm-hmm. and it's going to—that's a tough game. Okay, then then you play at home to Atlanta for three games, then you go to the Cubs, then you go to Philadelphia and Washington for the next six games. Like, it doesn't get easy for the guard. Yeah, it's from a lot. Of, it's a lot of paving your own destiny at this point because it's a lot of Phillies and it's a lot of Nationals, and that's what they're controlling right now. And both those teams are problematic and in their own way too. The Phillies have had pitching nightmares as well the nationals have had pitching nightmares and they've had injury issues as well so it, they certainly had their own issues but both of them have been mentally stable enough where they've still been in playoffs but especially for the nationals who they were really bad at the beginning of the season they had a streak similar to the Mets and it was right, all about, right before the all-star break. and it was all about the song baby shark and i'm not going to talk about the washington <laughs> nationals because i hate that song more than anything but that's what they come down to you you, you go on espn.com today you you go on cbs sports that's all they're talking about is how they changed their destiny because of the song baby shark what in the living hell i want to curse so well, they want they're also playing mad with the loss of bryce harper too and i think a lot of these young players Got, it got in their heads for a while, but now they're starting to play kind of angrier, and you saw that. The question is, again, same thing with the Mets and same thing with other teams like the Giants who had a big streak for a while. Can it last? And that's the, that's the big thing. Eventually the talent and the management and stuff like that will still come back to level itself out, and that's why, like we were saying earlier, I can't imagine a team like the Brewers being this bad for a while. I feel like they're just due to start getting good. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, Speedy, I said it from the get-go. 
the NL East is going to be the toughest division this year with all the players in that division and the way the teams have improved. The Braves have improved the last few years, and now they're finally where they're supposed to be. And even now, I think the Braves are ahead of schedule because I still think they can make a couple more moves eventually down the road that'll make them a force to be reckoned with in that NL East, okay? That's one thing for sure. I think it's going to be the Braves division for the next few years. Just my opinion. Um, you, you, you look at the Phillies. The Phillies are going to be a much better team. Okay, you're going to look at the Washington Nationals. They're not going anywhere. So you look at these teams and what they're doing going forward. It's not going to be easy for the garbage from Queens to improve because you also have to keep in mind. A couple of these guys are going to have to get paid eventually. You look at you look at Pete Alonso. In three years, they could start talking about his uh, a new contract. And let me tell you this. I'm hoping they if do If Pete it. Alonso keeps hitting the way he is, one, he's not going to stay with the garbage from Queens because there's no ambition there. They stink. Um, two, he's going to command a buttload of money where, let's be real here, the coupons, they don't pay people in Queens. They don't pay people. Well, I'm hoping they No, do. they pay Yoannis Cespedes. I take ho- that back. I'm hoping the front office will take the early payment approach that we've seen from other teams because – that kind of thing will actually benefit them if that's the way they think because obviously you're right. They don't give people big contracts. So if they pay Alonzo early like the Braves did with Acuna and Albies, like the White Sox did with Eloy Jimenez, that actually could be something that's beneficial for both parties. Now, but now, now, now let me ask you this. You say you hope to see this. We're talking about the garbage from Queens. When have we ever seen them do something like that before? Tell me. Well, it's something new, so I don't think – but that's my point. It's something all new to baseball that you're seeing these pay- players get paid earlier within their contracts to, one, balance out the salary cap within the team so they don't hit the luxury tax early. And, two, the way free agency has gone, they're spending a lot smarter. They're trying to balance out the roster. So the, they benefit the teams, and then the players benefit from getting paid earlier rather than having to ride out six years of eligibility before you're arbitration eligible. Yeah, but not even – it's already – first of all, uh, Pete Alonso is no longer in the arbitration like uh, tiers anymore. What, 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 is he, what does he get? Two years of arbitration instead of four because they brought him up right away. Yeah. What, yeah, like, but but this is what I'm saying. Like, the garbage from Queens have never done anything special to warrant that they're going to go out and pay someone earlier than what they have been. Especially a guy like Pete Alonso, who I'm going to be real with you right here. He looks like a superstar. Well, no, you're right, but he I looks think it's also like a superstar. It's also just a new concept in baseball as a whole. There's not a lot of teams that did, did it three years ago either. It's all something new that you're seeing with younger players, just with the way that players are brought up now, the way prospects have been more panning out than we've seen in years past. There's not as many busts. So I'm looking at that where I think the teams are more trustworthy in their young players now with the way that the, the systems are. So I don't think it's just a... Mets thing where they're cheap and they don't want to pay anybody. That's, I think, a whole different thing. I think it's just a new concept that I'm hoping they can adjust to. But being that they're not very smart, I don't know. Uh, You just hit the nail right on the head. They aren't very smart. Now, we are going to go to a break in a few and stuff because I... I, I, I want to drag this out a little bit because I love making fun of the garbage from Queens and whatnot. But before we do go to break, let's talk about today's game and how that went. And I'm sure, Speedy, you watched the game. And what did you – give me some of your takes from the game because I have a few takes that I, I, I have from this game. But I'm curious on what you saw and what you thought from today's game. And keep in mind, I didn't watch 
the full game today. I watched bits and pieces of it, and I still have a bunch to say going forward about them. But I'm curious to know because, let's be real here, look what jersey I'm wearing, and you're a garbage from Queens fan. So I'm curious to know from a real fan what, what you think going forward and what do you think about today's game well young players are going to continue to flourish Alonzo homered McNeil homered and they're again this team a lot is living by the home run ball which again could be a good thing with the way the trends of baseball have been and there's a lot more home runs this year than ever before and that that kind of thing does help they're piling on in certain parts of the game they're hitting late they're hitting early and that's good to see spread out but again it is against the Marlins so it's the Marlins they're the worst team in baseball so that's what it is in terms of the as a whole I'm seeing them hit late, which is good. The bullpen is still iffy, but it's been better since the All-Star break. And the starting pitching ERA is phenomenal. And you've really seen guys like Mats really show up. You, really you, have shown up this second that's what half I'm saying. of the season. Mm-hmm. And he pitched well again. He seemed like he had a good variety of pitches. And for a guy that, again, relies on his velocity and sometimes does too much in the past, he uses his other pitches, which is good to see. So that's progression in its own. That it, that is something you want to see. You want to know what I saw from today's game? I saw Steven Matz come out here and show that he could be a better than a number five type starter. I think he could be a number three or number four when he really gets going. Yeah, his record doesn't show it right now at seven and seven, but you were able to see the location of his pitches, his the movement on the ball. That's that is something you don't see a lot from the number four and number five type starters. Even though you're supposed to see that. But Matt's had his ball moving very well today. Um, he went six and two-thirds. He only had two walks today. Uh, seven strikeouts. I mean, he threw a little bit more than I expected him to. He had 103 pitches. Um, his ERA went down to a 4.49 compared to the five, whatever it was, going into this game. It's good to see the improvement going forward because, like I said at the beginning of the show, Speedy, this is the time, if you're going to get hot, Now's the time to get hot. Now's the time to really show what you're made of. Show me the balls that they have. I want to see the balls that they have. I want them to go into the playoffs, not because I have money on it. I want to see them go into the playoffs and really surprise team. Because, again, you look at this starting rotation of the garbage from Queens, they're a top three rotation in baseball, especially the top three guys. I still think the Astros are better. Uh, Speedy, we, you, me, and Tyler had this argument the other night. Uh, about the starting rotations and whatnot, who we think has the, has the best rotation in baseball. And you, you, talk to, you talk to the delusional garbage from Queens fans. They, one, they think they're going to the World Series, but two, they think they have the best rotation in baseball. I'm going to have to disagree. Well, the wild card is which Grinky are you going to get on the Astros and which Stroman are you going to get on the Mets? Though? Yeah, but, but the wild card, you're not going to see Zach Grinky if the, if the Houston Astros get there. First of all, let's be real here. Houston Astros are the best team in baseball. Yeah, the Yankees might have the best record by a game over the Houston Astros. Going forward, the Houston Astros have the best team in baseball, and I now have them to win the World Series, okay, because you're going to sit there and tell me you have to face Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, and Zach Greinke six, possibly seven out of seven games going forward. That's something you don't want to see in as, a, as an opposing team going forward with them. But you, but, you, but you look at the garbage from Queens right now. Zach Matt, um, Zach Matt, uh, Steven Matt's pitched wonderful today um, against the Miami Marlins, yeah, who are 42-71. and 71. But um, I'm not going to get into that right now because it looks like we have our first caller of the day. The beef has arrived. Oh, God. The beef from Bayshore. What's up, pal? What's up, man? How are you? Good. What's going on? 
All right, man. Hang in there. Uh, I'm sure you're on cloud nine right now. Am I right? No. I'm not getting um, – everyone needs to pump the brakes on the Mets right now because they've done this before. They go on this hot streak. And then all of a sudden, they just go come right back down to earth and they disappoint everyone that they always do. Yes, yes. Finally, the Beeb, you and I could have a really good conversation now. Because <laughs> so, I mean, is it, is it great what they're doing right now? Absolutely. you got to be ecstatic with what they're doing. I'm ecstatic. Sure I'm ecstatic for them. I'm not ecstatic for their fans because all over social media, we're going to the World Series. We're over 500. Well, we're going to make the playoffs. they're doing what they should be doing. They exactly. Be they're winning teams. games they're supposed to be beating. That is what I'm saying. Well, I, I don't know if you listen to some of the other shows. I didn't like the Strowman trade. I didn't, I didn't like No, it, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. I, it was a good value, but it was bizarre. It if, doesn't if make the Mets sense were trying to contend. Stream. If the Mets were trying to contend, I'm surprised they wouldn't go after bullpen help more. No, than it starting, didn't make any sense. You're right. So I don't know why they did that move first. That, to me, that was just like very like odd. A hundred percent. You and Speedy are right. It, it was a very strange trade because you look at because he's in his arbitration year after this. Yep. Yeah. Ne- ne- next year is his well, last no, arbitration. Yeah, for one year, but then he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and he could just walk yeah. away for free. So, again, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if you were listening a couple minutes ago. I was saying the garbage from Queens have to figure out who they're going to pay because I was saying the same thing. The polar bear, he's play- he looks like he's going to be a superstar. And, oh, he is. And, and, if, and if you look at the past things that uh, the coupons have done as the owners of the garbage from Queens, they haven't shown that they're going to go out there and pay someone. And I'm going to tell you this right now. The polar bear is going to command some money in the next few years, considering well, his contract's up. They did pay somebody. They paid Jacob DeGrom. They did oh, pay. Yeah, oh, you're 100% right. right you paid your best pitcher who had one of the best seasons ever as a starting pitcher. That was yeah. well-deserved. So I'm not going to take yeah. anything away from that. Mm-hmm. But again, in a few years' time, Noah Syndergaard is going to need to get paid. You're going to have to figure out what you want to do with Wheeler and Matt. You're going to have to figure out, Stroman, what you're going to want to do. Well, Cespedes I mean, in two years is going to be off his contract. Money. I don't think Matt will get big money because he's just—he's he, not—he's very inconsistent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I—I could not agree with you. He—I—I I could not agree with you more. He is a very inconsistent pitcher, but he's shown flashes and glimpses that he could go out there like today. He pitched very well against the Miami no, Marlins today. His well, ball was moving when, all over the plate. It also helps when the team's hitting the ball too. L- listen. Do, uh, again, I, I, I try so hard to make fun of the garbage from Queens, and, and, it, and it's really, really extremely tough for me to go after them. But I'm still finding well, ways I mean, to do well, it because well, they're right playing now, great they, baseball. Yeah, but they're playing shitty teams right now. Yeah, listen, right. They, listen. So they, let's, they, let's, let's they're they're beating teams they're, they're supposed to. The You're going to see what they're, what they're yeah. made of this weekend. The You're going to see the what Mets, they're made of. In order to be able to continue playing well. They're not going to ever play this well against all those good teams, but if, as long as they play above average, that will I be the I mean, they just won, what, 12 out of 13 games? Right. 13 but out again, of 15? like you said, it's all against... 13 out of 14? Whatever. All against well, bad teams. The White Sox are a rebuilding team. The Pirates are a young, a young team that isn't very good, and the Marlins are awful. So, I mean, that's what, that's what we're dealing with right now in the sample size. So they got the Nationals, they got the Braves coming up. They got you got the Cleveland. Indians. You got you got. I think they have another one with the Dodgers. So you, but you, uh, you, got, no, you guys don't see the Dodgers till down the road. You you had the Washington yeah. for three, in Atlanta for three, in KC for three. Then you come home for nine games. You play well, Cleveland for three, Atlanta the, the, for three, the, the, the and Chicago big, for three. Yeah. Well, the two big series. I mean, the start off is Atlanta and, and, uh, and uh, Washington. Oh, of course. The, this Friday's so, game is going to be unbelievable. So You're going to see you, Stroman against Strasburg. If you take two out of three, I mean, you're, you're That's you're what right you there. want. That's what you want. You want to take you know two or three. You want to leapfrog the Washington Nationals. Because let's be real here. You guys are still in fourth place in the NL East. Yeah, you're a game back yeah. from the wild card, but all those teams are still ahead of you yeah, in every which way. It, I mean, to 
me, Philly doesn't really scare me that much. But I mean, I, they're playing very good baseball. They they're are talented, playing very good baseball. They're talented, though. And so, so is Atlanta, but Atlanta is a really good team. Too, so Atlanta is very good. Atlanta, really good. I, I, I don't see you guys knocking them off. If you want me to be honest no, with you, but, but if they do, then they're say they be say they Atlanta. Then that cuts the lead in half for the division. Mike, Mike, you want you want them to go four four out of six games in your next yes. six games at home. You want them to go four out of six. But, but everyone's saying that the Mets are too far out from the, from the division, which I really don't think so. Because if you think no, you still no, have forty not. games they're left. Not. You still have it's six games, but you look at the Atlanta Braves and who they have to face. Their schedule gets easier down the road compared yes, to the garbage from right Queens. They get they get easier. The Braves are not the I'm, one they're I'm trying not to catch that's right what they're now. They're going to do. I mean, the best shot for them is to probably get the wild card. Yeah, you want the wild card. No, the, the shot is definitely the wild card because the but Phillies the is not out of reach. No, it's not. But the Braves don't don't seem they have it. The Braves don't seem like they don't have any flaws right now. They they bolster their bullpen at the trade deadline. Their starting rotation is deep, and their hitting is well rounded. So it's, yeah, again, even if the Mets do make the wild card, I don't. I, I just don't see them right. winning that game. But the, but the wild card is a lot more manageable considering how bunched up the National League has been. You, now, you have a lot of overperforming teams. Yeah, but say you get the Mets in. Now you're putting guys who have never have who don't have any experience in the playoffs. Okay, but again, again. That is unknown. We know that that doesn't. What do you mean that how, it's not unknown. They don't. No, it's What's right, that? but it's, but it's not an unknown that just because they have no experience, that means they're going to automatically play badly. Sometimes, sometimes you have sometimes deja vu. Too much for these people. No, that's they, that's they fair, fun. but usually it's kind of a neutral thing. Like if a team like the Mets at that point, because the Dodgers are going to be favorites, because the Braves and the Cubs, they're going to have more pressure on them. Sometimes well. a team like that. Maybe it's played down to, or they, like they have no pressure, so they play more confidently. A lot of times you see that, and that's why you have these playoff breakthroughs a lot of times. That's why a lot of times you see these wild card yeah, teams know, make I, runs. Everyone needs, to pump, everyone needs to pump the brakes on the Mets right now. I, I mean, agree. I mean, no, I, mean, I agree with you. I'm just saying that I, if they do end up making it, which, again, I still, don't know, I still don't know if they will because I still think the Brewers and the Phillies are better teams. But if they do, like I don't think they'd have as much pressure just because they weren't supposed to be there. In comparison to a team like the Dodgers, where we're going to have the most yeah, pressure right now, right now the Mets have a better pitching staff than the Brewers and the Phillies. They do, no, I'm, but the, those two teams have better lineups, is what I'm saying. So it's just so. a matter of, again, if they down the stretch, if they end up do making it, they're not going to have as much pressure. Is my point. I still don't think they will because I think they're riding on a streak right they're now. Have that, a lot a streak, of pressure. I don't believe in streaks all the time. I think no. The, the the garbage from Queens are playing with house money right now. Yeah, yes. they yeah they have a better they have a they improve their pitching staff by adding Stroman and keeping Syndergaard a hundred percent, and may, maybe the pitching staff will have uh, a little bit of pressure to get them past the wild card game. But you guys aren't supposed to be where you are right now. You guys aren't even supposed to be this good right now, even with some of your moves. You have, to, you have to take what you're getting with a grain of salt because let's be real here. No one expected Peter Alonso to be doing what he's doing right now. Oh, I said okay. it. Okay. Uh, l- listen, I said it. Nobody, nobody in their, right, in their right mind expected Pete Alonso to be doing what he's doing right now. I said it. You, 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 you may have said it, but I'm speaking in the broad term. Nobody expected Pete Alonso to be doing yeah, well, what, what he's doing. Have, and I said this kid was going to have over 20, well, close to 30 home runs by the All-Star break, and I, I, I right on with that. You, you you look at what what they're getting out of other players. Other players are just yeah, playing like, well, above their well, potential. Well, starting to hit right now. McNeil's having an unbelievable hitting season. I mean, the guy has the, the highest batting average in the National League right now. League, yeah. 
Yeah, listen. Maybe in all of baseball, he might be number one. No, I think he's. I think DJ LeMahieu has three thirty five. I think McNeil was three thirty two. How many games has he played? Who? DJ LeMahieu. He's played in almost every game. I would imagine. I think he's all a hundred. DJ LeMahieu is probably going to win the AL MVP. Mm, Probably. I wouldn't go that far. But how many games has he played? He's played more of the games than McNeil does. Uh, I would have to look into that. Uh, DJ LeMayu well, has played a lot of games besides his past injury. Much, yeah, so I but I can't imagine DJ LeMayu just re- just recently got injured. Difference. But but we're not talking about the uh, yeah, no, the, no, no. the the varsity team in New York. The, the, the best right now. I mean, you have guys who are actually hitting the ball right now. They're all coming together. Of course, very nice to see. But exactly, you want to see that. I don't know if they can keep it up. Right, Jeff McNeil has been a godsend for you. He's batting three thirty nine right now. His slugging yeah. percentage is five thirty nine. Yep. His on-base mm-hmm. percentage is four oh seven. He's been a godsend to you. You even have Ahmed Rosario batting, batting two eighty right now, mm-hmm. who had didn't have that great of a season last season. No, My, Michael no. Conforto hit, has been hitting big home run after big home run in the past few games. Yeah, it's the Miami yeah, Marlins, but he's still and, been hitting home runs. In the, the second half of the season, he always gets better for some reason. I don't understand. You, you, you got to love what J.D. Davis is doing. He's batting three oh five yeah. right now in the outfield. Better yeah. than Dominic Smith out there defensively yeah. as well. Dominic Smith has <laughs> sure. cost you guys some much. games. No, but that's what I'm saying. J.D. But, Davis is nothing special But I'm going to tell you this right now. And I, I firmly believe that the garbage from Queens will make the playoffs. Like I said, I think they really will. Think they're gonna win the you really think they're going to think, the I think they're going to sneak in somehow over the Washington Nationals, if you want me to be honest wow. with you. But, wow. here, but, but listen to me. If you guys fall by a game and a half, a game, game and a half, and you guys don't make the playoffs, you could look back to some of the games Dominic Smith cost you guys in the left field where he's dropped quite a few balls that cost you two or three games. And you're going to go back to that game and be like, wow, look at those yeah. games. And yeah. who, obviously you don't know what could have happened, but you look at those games, the, the whole thing could have changed. Right, okay? but right now well, the alternate is J.D. Davis, who isn't much better. I think Dominic Smith is, is a bum. I don't, he should even be different of him already. He'll probably be traded in the offseason. Yeah, you're going to get nothing for him. Well, no, because he, he hit. He's going to get something. I don't think they'll get anything high, but, but well, I don't think they'll. I'm, I'm I, actually surprised that you think they're going to make the playoffs. Wow. I, I, I firmly believe that if they, they have to ride this hot streak as long as possible. Oh, of course. I, and, and I'm going to tell you this right now. They have an off day tomorrow, so they're just going to have a light workout tomorrow, and they're just going to get keep loose. But Friday's game, like, where, you, Friday's game could be an instant classic. You're having Steven Strasburg against Marcus Stroman pitching at City Field. Those yeah. are two great pitchers, okay? Sure. And it, it could be an instant classic. I like them both. I, li- I, I really do like them both. And, you, of course, you've got to give the edge right now to the garbage from Queens with the way they're playing baseball. Every which way, from defense to pitching to hitting, they're doing everything they're supposed to do. And, again, yeah, they're beating bad teams, okay? But they're beating the teams they're yeah, supposed to be. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to beat the bad teams. Exactly. Too. Right, but that's how uh, that kind of streak can be deceiving, though, because if you're playing the Pirates twice, which they did in two weeks, so you're playing the Marlins, and that, that you should win those games, and that's when the streak can be deceiving. It'll be a matter of what is the mental makeup and what is the skill makeup of what they can do against the good teams? Because in the beginning of the season, they did not beat good teams. With the exception, I think, of I – w- I would say they, they did well against the Nationals in the beginning of the season and the Phillies, but that's really it. With the exception of those two teams, they really haven't beaten good teams. They've always been bad against the Braves. They were bad against the Dodgers. They were bad against the Brewers. I mean, even so, look at Yuri's familiar right now with the way he's showing up and pitching the past few games. Mm-hmm. 
He's been awful for you guys. Edwin Diaz, I don't even know what's going on with him. I, I'm, not even, I, I'm not even really going to touch base upon Edwin Diaz because I think he's been absolutely terrible for you guys in, in the past, what, six weeks, seven weeks, month and a half, two uh-huh. months. He's been very bad for you guys. Okay, so I'm not even going to really touch upon Edwin Diaz, but Yuri's familiar that his past few games, he's pitched very, very well for them. Now, I don't know uh-huh. what, what happened that made him pitch very well. I, I, I mean, I don't know, but he's been pitching very well. Your pitching has been showing up, and that is something that you need going forward. And like Speedy has said before in this show, he is surprised you guys did not go after bullpen help because you still need bullpen well, help. Well, right, if they're going to try to contend, they, were, they should have gone after bullpen help rather than Stroman. Yeah, but I'll Again, tell you I don't what, mind the deal that they get. I, I thought the value was good for Stroman, but it, it was just strange. No, I, I didn't think the value was good at all for Strowman. I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, you, let's let's break down the trade. Let's let, let let's break down that trade uh, trade real quick. And you look at Marcus Strowman. Okay, he has been very very good for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, he, he has, he, he has been the best pitcher. Yeah, he was only he was six and eleven this year going in, but he does, still plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. But his ERA is what is what really grabbed my attention. He's a, he's at a two point seven nine ERA right now. Mm-hmm. He's at a two point seven nine. So you look at that going forward. Now you're going to a better team. You're in the National League now. Okay. I I I honestly don't mind this trade. I didn't mind the trade. I mean, do you think you? Why don't you like the trade? Is it because you wanted someone different, or is it because well, no, you because, you, you thought know, they I gave just, up too just, much? Just, what did you think? I, I thought they gave up too much, and me, when you have a lefty in your farm system, let the kid develop and see what he has. I mean, Anthony Kay, he could he could be a great pitcher. I mean, I, yeah, I don't down know the road, one hundred percent down the road. He could be he could be a bust. I don't know that, but to me, giving up a lefty, which are very hard to find in today's game, is I just think it was it was too much. I, I really believe that. Um, I mean, I, I listen, I I. I it, we don't know what we're going to get because you don't know if you're ever going to see that guy in the majors league. Yeah, the major I, I league. understand that, but also you're giving up a left-handed pitcher who's supposed to be your top prospect. Right, but if again, if he isn't Even up right now, they take they take one. They yeah, right, but they also take longer to, to develop, and at that point, it doesn't matter. But who this guy could? And at that point, we don't know now. the outlook of the team. So I. Again, I, I don't. I don't I mind. I don't mind him as a pitcher either, as a as a pitching prospect. I think he's better than his stats are showing this yeah, but, year. But, but here's the thing that a lot of I'm not saying there aren't. It, at the same time, he isn't super like I have to hang on to him kind of prospect. Well, I mean, here's the, I mean, here's the thing with the Showman trade. They tried to flip him almost right away to the Yankees. The Yankees Which makes sense. Down. I believe that. Because again, that that also could have been leverage elsewhere too. I, that, I in a selling form trade, the Mets made that trade. The Mets made that trade to try and flip Strowman to the Yankees. Right, and I think what I what I was saying that they should have done is I think they should have because remember they were rumored to trade Wheeler and they were rumored to trade Syndergaard either as well as sellers. I actually thought that they might try to use Strowman as leverage to have a contending team give up a lot more. The problem is the two teams that were in on Syndergaard don't have the same urgency to do that, so it was kind of hard for them to get that prospect haul. Well, I mean, the Mets tried trading Syndergaard in the old season for the Yankees, and they, 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 they Yeah, but you guys are asking for a King's ransom for him. I, I, no, listen, I, 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 I get it. I'm, yeah, not, yeah, I'm not a big Noah Syndergaard guy. I don't want a righty in that Yankee uh, starting rotation. No, I, I want a lefty more no, than no, anything. You wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to show him either? 
No, I didn't even want Strowman either, if you want me to be honest with you. When, when there was okay. trade talks that I thought he was coming, because let's be real here, this is where he wanted to be. He wanted to be the uh, New York well, Yankee. He wanted to be because he's, he's from Long Island. But he wanted to be on a contender. That was his biggest thing. He wanted to be on a contender. He wanted to play for the New York Yankees. When he found out for it was uh, the garbage from Queens, he was not too happy about it. And if you don't believe me, go down to baseball, ha- go down to baseball heaven in Yapank and go talk to his ginormous father who will tell you yeah. that his son was not happy being a garbage from Queen player. Okay? Well. But let me, happy days back in New York. I mean, you know, that's number one. It, it, it is a little shocking to see that Marcus Stroman is back in a, a garbage from a queen uniform. Yes, it, it is a little shocking to me to see because he, he reminds me a little bit of Danny Green in the NBA from North Babylon. He doesn't want to be in New York, but, I, I mean, it really does look like he does want to be in New York. No, he definitely wants to be doing it. Now he's playing with a, with a well, not a teammate, but, a, you know, with Matt. So also they they faced too. off against each other in the Suffolk County Championship, and yeah, Steven Matt won, won nothing. Yeah. He had a home yeah, run. Pitched, yeah, my brother pitched against both those teams, both those players, too, when he was pitching. So and That's really interesting. But, Mike, yeah. we, we, before we go, I, I really wanted to ask you and Speedy this, okay? Yeah. Who do you think deserves the credit for the way the garbage from Queens are playing. Do you think it is BVW? Do you think it's Mickey Calloway? Or do you think it's just the players themselves? I'm curious for your guys' opinion. The players. It's really the players. I don't think there's any standout move that Brody did that is all of a sudden sparky. I bet just players that were down in the first half hitting now. Cano was hitting before he got hurt. Rosario was hitting. Now, it's just the players finally peaking all at once. And when you have everyone peaking all at once, you're going to get streaks like this. Obviously, McNeil and Alonzo have been doing this all year. Alonzo had a little bit of a downstretch for the first two weeks, but he's doing fine now, and McNeil's been great all year. So I think it's really just the players. I don't think there's any significant managerial or GM thing that have triggered anything like this. What about you? I don't. I don't think Callaway has anything to do with the, the way the team's playing. I think it's a little bit of Brody because he did put the pieces there, a few of them. Like he went out and got a closer, and then he went out and you know got made this other trade for Stroman. And I, I think it's more of Alonzo and McNeil keeping the team together and keeping them focused. That, 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 that's my opinion. Um, I, think, I don't think I it think has anything to do with Pete Alonzo. I don't think he's that type of leader just yet. If you want my opinion, who I think deserves all the credit in the world, and I still think he's a horrible general manager, you got to give a little bit of a credit to everybody. But you do have to give some credit to BVW and stuff because he didn't panic at the trade deadline. He made one trade that yeah. I, I, I think is going to be beneficial going forward. Okay. You got to give it to Mickey Callaway to get his team up. Yeah, I'm a big advocate against Mickey Callaway. I'm a big advocate. I don't, I don't uh, think it has anything to do with Callaway, but that's fine. No, fair enough. You you don't have to think it has anything mm-hmm. to do with Callaway, but he still has to get his players up. He still has. No, he he he's been pulling the right strings for them from pitching in from the pitching staff from the sixth inning on. He's been putting in the right guys in the best way to use them going forward. So I I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. If well, sometimes you, I think he takes out pitches way too early. Yeah, but you know what? That's every manager, and I'm going to be honest with you. Look, look, look at the New York Yankees. I think the New York Yankees have a top three worst manager in baseball, and I'm going to be honest with you. The Yankees and Dodgers, in my opinion, obviously they're two of the three best teams in the major leagues. I think they have the two worst managers in baseball. I think the Phillies do, too. Okay, uh, Listen, you, you, you keep saying Gabe Kepler every, every time I bring this I up. Do. I firmly <laughs> believe that Aaron Boone 
and David Roberts, and I've been saying this about David Roberts for at least three years now because they should have at least one World Series, is the worst managers in baseball. And there is nothing that is going to change my mind about it. Those guys are absolutely horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible managers. And then the, the last group I, I, I think should deserve some credit are the players themselves. They're finally playing with each other. They look like they're having fun again. They look like they, they enjoy each other. They look like they enjoy the game, the game like they're little kids again. Maybe it's because the Little League World Series is right around the corner. I mean, this team just looks like they're out there having fun, and they're not going through the motions. They don't look like they want to be there. They do want to be there. They do want to play. This team looks like they're playing very – it doesn't look like – they are playing very, very good baseball. Mm-hmm. You look at the starting pitching, and I'm going to say this again. I wouldn't want to see a starting rotation in a five-game series of DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Marcus Stroman. I would not want to see them in a five-game series. I wouldn't even want to see them in a seven-game series because if you think about it, those guys you're going to see six – starting six out of the seven games and possibly seven out of seven games in a seven-game series. That's not going to be easy for any team they face, and that is why I feel that if the garbage from Queens could get to the playoffs, their starting rotation could take them very far. But again, when, really? it, com- when it comes down to the bullpen, I, I, I still don't trust Familia, even though he's been pitching well. Uh, well, you know what? Well, they put Lugo in the bullpen now, which is been which, which is beneficial because Speedy and I have actually talked about this like last year that he could be a long reliever type if someone gets into trouble. Right, he's very versatile. Yeah, that he's the most lot. valuable piece of the bullpen well, when it comes to playoff time. Closer, so I, I don't, I don't know. Because Edwin Diaz is blowing See, chunks. The, Mike, the, Mike, the problem he's with that staying. though is. Diaz has also struggled in other roles, though, too, throughout his career. I, I would, he still I, I is better as a lockdown closer. A lot of the time, no, you can't because he has no value right now if he's having a bad year. You're not going to get what you he want. He still has okay. value because that when the L.A. Dodgers were still looking at him, I mean, maybe not as much value as he had coming from right, the Mariners. But the Dodgers were probably not going to give the Mets the offer. What they wanted. What they wanted. Yeah, they of course. They ended up trading to Seattle. So well, when you look at his peak trade, value, it's still not going to be. Wait, wait. Well, yeah, it still looks bad right now. But, again, my point is, going back to the postseason, that Lugo is so versatile where he could be used in a lot of different roles. And you're seeing teams now win on more bullpen versatility rather than bullpen talent just because of having guys that are very versatile. The Mets have that with Lugo, but they don't really have that anywhere else. Diaz is kind of that still pure closer type. Familia is that pure closer type that is now struggling since he's not closing. And yeah, but the, Lugo, again, right now, is doing well in a lot of different roles. Yeah. I, I, know, I know the Mets have uh, pitching, pitching issues in the bullpen, but like they said, their starting pitching is unbelievable. But my whole thing is how are the hitters going to hit against good starting pitchers? Right. Well, let, well let, let, let's look at the past playoffs. When it comes to the playoffs, it's a different animal. It's a different no, breed. I understand that. Yes. So. You're going to need to win games two to one, three to two, and yeah. your your team is built for winning games like that. Your your team is not built to come from behind. Your team is not built to score eight nine runs a game. Maybe lately they have been, but it, all in all, they're a team that needs to win four to two, four to one, and rely on your starting pitching because the pitching is what makes you in the playoffs. No, look, look, that, look at I'm the Yankees saying. last year; they had the best lineup in baseball. They get knocked out real early. 
okay, because of pitching, which again, and you're going to hear this over and over from me again, and I hope I'm wrong, the Yankees will be knocked out in the first round of the playoffs if they play the Minnesota Twins or whoever they play. even the Twins? They they are getting knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, but the Twins are... They don't have pitching. The Twins always lose against the Yankees, though. I don't know. I think a a team like Tampa could beat them. I don't know about the The Twins. The bullpen could just take you so far. Obviously, we've seen in the playoffs you, you, you need starting pitching, and the Yankees don't have it. And they have a very versatile bullpen, too. We've seen Chapman used in tons of different roles. Batances has been used in different roles. Adovino, too. So, like, they, the Yankees have the bullpen that I'm talking about in, that you need for today's game. It's not as much a have three dominant guys that all pitch the same role. Now you need it where they have to be able to pitch in certain spots, different situations, different uh, analytic matchups, stuff like that. They, you need uh-huh. that now. And the Yankees have that now where you have guys that aren't just pure closers. And for the Mets' sake, they really only have one of those guys in Lugo. Maybe Justin Wilson, too, but he's still trying to come back from injury as well. So we'll see with him. Well, Mike, any last words before yep. we go? Because we have to go to break, and I have, no. to, I have to actually have to get into the varsity team in New York. I have to talk about them a little bit because I have a lot yeah. to say about them. But any last words? No, that's very much it. Um, I've got nothing else. Hopefully the Mets keep this up, and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know anybody by that name. If, you talk, if you're talking about the garbage from Queens, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> one time for me please no 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 <laughs> i'll give you a dollar no no <laughs> not n- not worth it not worth it come on I'll, I'll give you i'll give you three strokes when you play golf together mike like mike i'm gonna beat you by six or plus six or more no. strokes anyway i'm not worried about that <laughs> oh <laughs> not worried about that you got it buddy all right beef thanks for calling bro all right man i'll talk to you later see you yeah. later well, ladies and gentlemen, we just spent the last 40 minutes talking about the garbage from Queens because they've been on a some sort of hot streak, winning 13 of the last 15 games. But now we are going to go to a quick break, and when we do come back from break, we're going to talk about the varsity team in New York. Yes, the New York Yankees. We're going to get into that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cabs. One eight seven seven nine zero nine 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 seven seven is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are located in Hop Hog on Motor Parkway in a ginormous new office building, but it is great to be here. It's great to be back working for this network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we. As myself and Mr. Speedy Petey over there, we're going to get into the varsity team in New York. We're going to get into the New York Yankees. That's what we're going to get into, Speedy. And you look at this New York Yankees team, and they just have guys step up after step up after step up. You look at the injuries that have, have, have occurred. I really do feel like the training staff are imposters. I feel like they, you, they are working for the garbage from Queens, but they're, they're just being imposters in a New York Yankee clubhouse. I mean, you've never seen this many injuries for any team whatsoever. I don't care what you say or whatever you say. You look at these injuries for the, garbi- uh, for the New York Yankees, I've never seen this many injuries before in my life. You look at this team. This New York Yankee team has not been healthy the entire season. From game one to game 100 and whatever they are at right now, they have not been healthy the entire season. And it's kind of scary how good this team is playing 
without a pitching staff. Because the pitching staff as a whole is God-freaking-awful. God-awful. They are. They're bad. The pitching staff is very, very bad for the New York Yankees right now. And that's why I firmly believe that they'll be knocked out in the first round of the playoffs when it's all said and done. It They're depends be on what, which end of them they get in the playoffs, though, because a lot of them are unknowns right now. Tanaka is a great playoff pitcher. We know that. Yes, he is. Everything else is really an unknown. Severino's been streaky if he comes back. And everyone else never Can you really depend before. on Severino coming back? Obviously, I don't know. We don't no. know yet. Yeah, 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 yes, we can. I can tell you this right now. Okay? You can't depend on Dylan Patances or, or Louis Severino or John Carlos Stanton coming back, regardless of what you hear, because those three guys have been supposed to be coming back for the past month and a half. They were supposed to be back. Dylan Patances was supposed to be back. John Carlos Stanton was supposed to be back. I know we had a setback, but he was still supposed to be back. Louis Severino. Because of his lat, I'm telling you right now, he's not going to come back. And if he does, he's not going to I be. I don't think he would either. I'm just saying if I don't he does, think he's going to be the same pitcher. If he does, as a what New is York an unknown, Yankee it's still an unknown just that he's, he's had only three postseason starts. As a New York and one Yankee of them was fan, really good. you can't depend on Domingo Germán to be your starter. Because no, right you now, don't know. The, but what do you again, mean? He's 12-2 and two right now. No, I know. I'm just saying, again, you don't know just because he's never pitched in the postseason before. Just because you haven't pitched there doesn't mean you're automatically going to be bad. Yeah, but the odds are against you because, again, the uh, postseason is a different breed. It's a different animal. And it does look like the New York Yankees are going to win the division. Okay? They do look like they're going to win the division, and it looks like it won't even be close, especially after sweeping the, uh, the Boston Red Sox. It does look like they're going to win the division. Uh, the Rays are nine and a half out. I mean, the Rays will be a tough out in the postseason, though, if they have to play them. There's forty something games left, forty one games, forty two games left. Um, I don't trust the Rays because of Tony Snell. So Snell. I, um, I, I don't. I count the Rays out. I don't even count the Rays or what, whatnot. See, I, I don't know because the Rays. You talk about like the little things that you need to do to win in the postseason. You talk about management and how the Yankees have bad management. The Rays have one of the best managers in baseball, in terms of concept. Surprising, concept wise, creativity the with the pitching. They have a, a lineup that is very balanced. They're not overly powerful, but it's a lineup that's very balanced. And they again, I talk about the versatile pitching. They have a lot of guys that can close. They have a lot of guys that can set up. They have a lot of guys that can pitch all in openers. Like they have the strategic pitching and like strategic baseball concept thing that can be very tricky to get out in the playoffs. Again, unless they outsmart themselves, we don't know. You look at this New York Yankees team. They're seventy-four and thirty-nine. Nobody, and their out of their right mind, would have pictured this team to be playing as good as baseball as they are right now. Yeah, all the hype is about the garbage from Queens, 13 of the last 15. The New York Yankees won eight of the last nine games they faced, and they're going for the sweep in Baltimore tonight, who the Yankees haven't had a good record against the Baltimore Orioles in the past. Okay? There's one guy I want to talk about right now who I've said at the beginning of the season after a month that I think he's going to be up. The, I think he, he's going to win the AL MVP. He's not going to win, but he's in the And that goes by, well, we're going to talk about that. And that goes by the guy, the name, DJ LeMayhew. DJ LeMayhew. If he wasn't on this New York Yankee team, they would be about 500 right now. That's how, much, that's how many wins DJ LeMayhew has given to the New York Yankees. 31 years old. 
He's batting 336, 18 homers, 76 RBIs. He has a 385 OBP. He's been instrumental to this team. And I'll never forget Speedy, Vinny Rubo, all called, and Errol, oh, the delusional Errol Marks, all called me crazy when I said DJ LeMay will win the MVP or be up there in the voting for the MVP. And now look at it. It's going to be between him and Mike Trout. But Mike Trout is like the LeBron James of the NBA. Mike Trout should win the, uh, the Mike MVP. Mike Trout deserves to win. It's just a matter of, like, you're saying like, he, he's, listen, like, above the award. LeBron James point. deserves to win the MVP every year in the NBA for the numbers right. he puts no, in. No, I know that. But Mike, Mike Trout, Trout is, the, uh, is the LeBron James of the right. NBA. But Mike Trout's numbers, except for batting <laughs> average, are better everywhere. Hey, listen, and I agree. But what DJ LeMayu, you're talking about MVP, most valuable player for their team and the way they're the outlook. DJ LeMayu has shown that he deserves, one, to be dis- in the discussion about it. Two, who, who are we to say that he's not going to win it? Yeah, because the numbers are favoring Mike Trout. No, and yeah, he might win Mike, it because of that, like a breakthrough story kind Mike of thing. Trout's Underdog war, kind of thing. Mike Trout's war is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Remarkable. He's already passed six Hall of Famers, and he's only 28 years old. Yeah. And you take him off the Angels, they're probably as bad as the Orioles are. Yeah, they're, they're that bad. But you look at DJ LeMayo and what he's doing, even on the defensive side of the ball, he's playing great baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, he's always been known as a great defender. And listen, base. listen, I hate Brian Cashman, especially after this year's trade deadline. I hate Brian I Cashman. Why, okay. I hate Brian Cashman. Really? I hate him. Hmm. Interesting. He's been aggravating me, actually, for the past probably two two years give or take, because he hasn't been doing big-time moves because he's a cheap mother effer. But this move for DJ LeMayu looks like a string of genius, if you want me to be honest with you. DJ LeMayu looks like he is the next big-time player in a Yankee uniform. Even though at 31 years old, the Yankees still control him right now. Okay, He's still going to be a player for the Yankees for the coming years, because I could bet you this right now, the Yankees are going to resign him whenever that time comes. Yeah. But it's what he's doing in the locker room. Is he, He's showing that he's a leader on the field. And this young Yankee team, because let's be real here, this Yankee team is very young, is something they need. And I want to tip my cat to DJ LeMayu. I'm a big fan of his, especially in that leadoff spot. He's been remarkable in that leadoff spot. Thank God. The one thing I could give a lot of credit to in Aaron Boone, and I never give him any credit, is he finally smartened up and took Brett Gardner away from the leadoff spot. Don't worry, that's more credit than Tyler's ever given Aaron Boone. <laughs> uh, listen, Tyler and I think alike when it comes to stuff like that. Him and I think exactly alike. Aaron Boone is, a, you don't agree, you think Gabe Kepler is. Aaron Boone, David Roberts, two worst managers in baseball. Prove me wrong. No, I don't like Dave Roberts either. I think I think he was fine for the first two years he was there, but then after that World Series against the Astros, he's been horrible. Or starting then, and he's been horrible after that. I mean, I, I, I look at it right now. DJ LeMayu has been a godsend to the New York Yankees. This is something that he they needed, and it's something that DJ LeMayu needed because it, during the offseason, he wasn't chased by a lot of people. He was chased by what? Maybe one or two teams going forward. Well, yeah, because we thought of as he is what he is. He's an average hitter that is a great defender at second base, and he's an, a high average hitter. He was a batting champion one year. But again, like any other hitter, you're always afraid of. Oh, is it 
Coors Field as well. So that probably shied a lot of teams away too. Yeah, well, you're playing in Coors Field. The air is thin up there. So, right. that, so that, you're, that a lot of those numbers could have gotten elevated, and I, I would imagine a lot of front offices got scared by that too. You look at this Yankee team. Um, their lineup from top to bottom with a double triple A type team, not a, not their full major league team, is still very scary with the way they're playing. These guys are playing uh, above their potential. And I'm not even just talking about DJ LeMayo. There's another guy I want to bring up. And I'm curious, Speedy, what you think of him. Mike Talkman. Talkman. The Talkman. What do you think about him and how he's been playing and acclimating himself to a New York Yankee uh, pinstripe-type, uniform-type deal? He's playing out of his mind. Out of his mind. Yeah, you see the catch he made last night? He's been a pleasant surprise <laughs> in a lot of different areas. It seems like when he gets playing time, he's been producing both hitting and defense-wise. He had a phase, I think, late April, early May, where he seemed like he was the best player on the team, not named LeMahieu or Sanchez for, for the Yankees. And now it seems like after, after what LeMahieu has done and, and Torres has done with Sanchez hurt, he's been that kind of guy too. So he's had his moments, certainly, and he'll be an interesting piece if he's on the postseason roster off the bench in the, in, in the playoffs or even maybe even starting a game if uh, they want to DH Sanchez or, or uh, Stanton or something like that. So it's definitely interesting now that they actually have depth to work with because the Yankees were always so star-driven for quite a while. But you look at other teams that had the depth, they were starting to beat the Yankees. Now the Yankees, because of these guys breaking through, have depth, and that will be a very big key. Talkman, if he plays like he did in those certain phases, could be a X factor for them in the postseason. I think, he, I think he's going to be a big-time player come the postseason. But who do you give credit to here for, these, for the DJ LeMayu, for the Talkman move? And it is Brian Cashman. It is Brian Cashman. It is I'm Brian sorry. Cashman and the front like office. Him, it is Brian Cashman. No, it's not so – like, listen, Brian Cashman for the past two years has been talking out of his behind, going at, saying he's going to go get these starters and all this stuff, and it's something they desperately need. But he's been building that bullpen who's, who's arguably the, one of the greatest bullpens that we've seen in, the, in our lifetime – and it's been one of the greatest bullpens this season, okay? But they do need starting pitching. But you do have to give credit to Brian Cashman here and the front office. They, 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 did, they did these individual decisions. They did all of this for the New York Yankees. They're, they're overcoming serious injuries to Dylan Batanza, Severino, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, who I hope is on the first, first plane to North Korea right now not coming back coming back from these type of injuries and now Glaber Torres he we, I just found out that he got tests done and they came back negative so it's good to see that Glaber Torres will be flying to Toronto and he's day to day right now for the New York Yankees that seems like a blessing with all the other injuries but still at some point the club is going to pick a 25 man postseason roster and there will eventually uh, be the uh, then there'll be the eventual wave of a 40 man roster from the calling at the end of the season. Fringe roster members, even those that are forced and factor prominently this year, can and will be traded or decommissioned, if you want me to be honest to. Right, I think a lot of the overperformers are going to have a lot more trade value, whether the, whether the market is big for them or not, just because of that. And the Yankees have so much youth that is good that there's not going to be room for all these guys. And, that, and, and that's the thing, because you look at Aaron Hicks. He's out injured right now. John Carlos Stanton, Edwin Encarnacion will be back in, in a month, in four weeks. Okay? Tuckman 
didn't thrive in his first uh, fill-in work in the New York uh, Yankees earlier this year. But he has been coming ablaze and since being recalled just after the All-Star break. And he's currently enjoying something near regular playing time in the absence of Aaron Hicks, John Carlos Stanton, and Edwin Encarnacion. And I don't know if you saw last night's catch. It made ESPN's top ten. He that catch he made in Baltimore was unbelievable. Did you catch it, Speedy? Did no, you see his I catch see where he robbed a home run, where he jumped into the stands and he robbed a home run? I believe it with him. He's a good defender. I mean, Tuckman's numbers of late have indeed been ridiculous. Um, he has strode to the dish with bat in hand seventy times over a twenty game span, driving in twenty runs along the way. Five of those plate appearances have ended in home runs. Um, there are 28 base knocks and six walks. And he's even thrown in a couple steals for good measure. I mean, when you add up all of Tockman's contributions this year, he sits at a 299 average, 371 OBP, and 563 slugging percentage with 10, 10 home runs in 194 uh, plate appearances. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And it's only fair to note that his defensive metrics are also fans of his glove work in the left field because he's boosting in him to an eye-popping 2.0 F war over just 60 games of actions. Mm-hmm. So when you get down to the 25-man roster and everybody comes back healthy, what do you do with Mike Talkman if, if you're Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone? I think you would have to have him on the <laughs> roster. I, again, I don't think they would start him with everybody healthy, but he's somebody like I'm, like I've been saying and you've been saying. But then, but then who doesn't go on the roster? It was going to be an I mean, X it, factor. Don't get me wrong. In a, in a couple of weeks, we'll do a Yankee 25-man playoff roster. Yeah, again, odds are you have to see if everybody is healthy too. That's a big key. If Stanton's not healthy enough to come back, obviously you wouldn't put him on, at least for a round. But it seems like he would be back before the postseason. The Severino's an unknown, obviously. So you look at those kinds of factors, maybe there's somebody that doesn't go on from there. But I think just because of the way Stanton is in the field, has been he's been up and down with the injuries in the field, maybe you want to DH him in certain games. And if that's the case, you want to have Talkman there playing left field while Hicks plays center and obviously Aaron Judge plays right. So you're looking at a case where that end up could end up helping them. There's going to be games where obviously where Stan's going to play the outfield too, but I think in certain instances to play matchups, stuff like that, I would want to have Talkman on the roster if I were them. Definitely I want Encarnacion on the roster if he's healthy because he's a very good postseason player. And he's already hit, already hit 30-plus home runs. Right, and I think he's somebody that will need to be, again, not – I don't know if you could put him in the lineup all the time when everyone's fully healthy, but he definitely will play a lot, whether he plays like later in the game, whether he plays certain matchups. Maybe he plays game two of one series, and then he'll play game five or something like that. Like there's gonna, He's going to be played out in different ways too, but those are the two, I guess, fringe guys that you would have to gone, have on because obviously you're going to keep the stars. You're going to keep LeMahieu. You're going to keep Torres. You're going to keep Judge, obviously. Stanton when he's healthy, Sanchez obviously. You're going to keep those guys, but again, the fringe guys. I think the two you definitely want to put on are Encarnacion and Talkman. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a quick break, and when we do come back from break, we're still going to talk about the New York Yankees and them going forward. We're going to get into that when we come back at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
You, you, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 877-909-9977 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and we're still talking about the varsity team, the A-team, the best team in New York, and they go by the name, the New York Yankees. Am I right, Speedy? The New York Yankees, best team yes. in New York? Yes, they are. Ah, it's such a great feeling, isn't it? Not for you, but for, for me. me. Not for, for me. For me, it, it, it's an unbelievable feeling. I, I, I love seeing them on top. Um, they, they're just unbelievable right now. But back to Mike Talkman, okay? There was obviously a reason that the New York Yankees targeted Talkman in the first place. Um, he struggled when he was with the Boston Red Sox in his brief stint with them. Um, but now, if you think about it, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, he had two brief stints with the Red Sox. He was awful. But when he went back down to AAA in Albuquerque, he mashed AAA pitching, batting 331. I mean, his numbers have been unbelievable. Okay? So what does this look like under the hood? And, and what does it show us? That there's, <coughs> that there's not much of particular interest in the K to walk department because Tuckman is walking 10.3% of the time, which... Very good for someone that's bottom in the bottom of the, batting at the bottom of the order. Mm-hmm. He he's batting, walking at a ten percent clip, which again is slightly above average these days. Um, the only thing that's struggling is he's going down on strikes on twenty seven percent. Analytic it, departments don't really care about that. Uh, to a point, they don't care about that. But it's somewhat intriguing to wonder about a version of Talkman that maintains the power. He owns a hefty 264 ISO while drawing down the strikeouts closer to his upper minors level. So that really isn't realistic going forward for him. Right. You need a larger sample yeah. of that. But you look at this Talkman guy. Him, Gio Urshela, and DJ LeMayhew have been a godsend to the New York Yankees. Am I right, Speedy? Can, can you agree with me there, those three guys? Because you have to like what Gio Urshela is doing as well. Urshela has done – it's, it's kind of interesting because Urshela has done it on the defensive side, and they knew that. But the offensive side, kind of like Talkman, has been very good in certain phases. And LeMahieu has just been great all year. LeMahieu has been great all year. And, but let's be real here. Talkman's hot streak right now will subside, okay? Right. Um, this probably isn't a true breakout just yet. Um. But that doesn't mean Talkman isn't destined to be dumped at the season's end. Who knows what the Yankees are going to do at the season's end? It's possible he'll feel the roster crunch and he'll end up elsewhere because you look at this Yankees roster again. They've been playing with guys that have been in double and triple A, including Talkman, including Urshela, including those type of guys going forward. Okay? But it isn't hard, it isn't hard to imagine the New York Yankees giving him an ongoing role. Um, he has an excellent hit tool, and like Speedy said, he would be decent coming off the bench for the New York Yankees, especially come playoff time if they're all healthy going forward. Uh, he comes with loads of minor league experience, not that much major league experience. Um, his glove has been very, very good in the outfield. And again, there's a, there's a potential path to a left-handed hitting fourth outfielder role that could fit the roster quite nicely, and this... Listen, Talkman could be the guy. Right. See you later, Clint, Clint Frazier. You're going to be a trade piece anyway.
But again, depending how things turn out with the Yankees' longtime stalwart and Brett Gardner, Talkman could fit in there. Well, Gardner's gone after this year anyway. He was only on for one year. But, but, and, but again, Gardner has been playing very good baseball. Who knows what the Yankees are going to do um, for, for that uh, going forward. So we don't know what's going to happen with Gardner, but, but he's, Talkman he, could be the guy. He's only been playing it in small stints, though. It's not like previous years where he's been more consistent as, as like a steady like contact hitter, what he is kind of thing, uh, stolen base guy, anything like that. He's only been doing it in phases just like everyone else, and if, if that's the case, they probably will end up keeping a younger Talkman. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, but it's going to be something we keep in our, our, our eye on going forward with this Mike Talkman, Gio Urshela, because, again, the Yankees have won eight of the last nine with a triple-A lineup, in my opinion. Um, Didi Gregorius is he's playing okay baseball. He's doing nothing special that'll make you say, wow. Uh, Aaron Judge is in a slump right now, still batting 281 or 279 or whatever it is, right in the vicinity right there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the starting pitching, and let's talk about the starting pitching of the New York Yankees right now. You look at the New York Yankees right now, the starting pitching is nothing special. Um, Mashiro Tanaka is the only one who I would give a lick to with anything. Uh, James Paxton. Let's talk about James Paxton a little bit because this aggravates me more times than none. Yes, James Paxton has 123 strikeouts this season. He's 6-6. Six and six. He has a 4.61 ERA. And his whip is 1.46. Let me ask you this, Speedy. Are these number one, number two type numbers? No. No. Not this year. No. No. So right now, we could be shoving it up Errol and Vinny's behind right now with how James Paxton has has been pitching. Unless he pitches well in the postseason. No. No. I don't care. If he pitches well in the postseason. He's not going to because he hasn't showed anything. He hasn't been in it, so we don't know. He hasn't pitched well in a Yankee uniform, so you have to take that for what it's worth. Okay, so the percentages are likely that he he's won't, not going to pitch well. I would you don't know yet until you give it a chance. Just I don't you, trust James. Just because you pitch badly in a regular season doesn't mean you can't pitch but well. But we in a postseason. all know the postseason is a different animal. It's a different breed. It's not easy to pitch. Right. No, I know that, but a lot of times the best pitchers in a particular postseason aren't the best talent-wise pitchers on your rotation in the regular season. Like when the Cubs won the World Series three years ago, their best pitcher in the postseason was Kyle Hendricks. Was he their best pitcher talent-wise? No. No, No, he He was was probably their third or fourth pitcher talent-wise. I think he had a good year. but You're also talking about the National League compared to the American League, so it's completely different. Right, but that Cubs roster was very good, so it's, it's not like... Like John Lester, Jake Arrieta. John Lester was good in the postseason too, but Kyle Hendricks was their best pitcher. Like there were a lot of big names on that Cubs team, and yet it was Kyle Hendricks who pitched well. For the Astros, Dallas Keuchel was their big name. He was probably their fourth best postseason pitcher. It was Verlander obviously was the best, and then it was Charlie Morton breaking through, Lance McCullers breaking through. Like all these newer names, it can happen with those guys, and that's why I say postseasons are unknowns with inexperienced guys. I'd rather have that than guys who have been notoriously bad in the postseason. Like Clayton Kershaw at this point, you don't trust because he's just been notoriously bad in the postseason. The Yankees don't have any of those guys, so there's a chance for some of them, or at least one of them. Well, Masahiro Tanaka has been has right. shown in the past right. that now, he can, a nice he can pitcher. pitch in the pit in the yes, playoffs. Right. That that is one person right. I trust come playoff time is Masahiro Tanaka. But when you look at the unknowns is what I'm saying, Paxton, Herman, 
and I don't I trust Domingo Germán. Whoever else, I would imagine Jay Happ, CC Sabathia. Right. I trust CC Sabathia over all these guys okay, in the playoffs. Right, but even Sabathia throughout his career has been streaky in the postseason too. He was, He's been better than every Yankee pitcher in the in the playoffs. Every single one. Well, sure, because they're all inexperienced right now. But it's that's just, what I'm saying. And but inexperience you know is not necessarily you negative know me, experience. But you know me how I go with, go with things. I go for the experience over the type of player he is. He could be 14 and 0, and I could have someone who's seven and four, but has that playoff experience. Look at Madison Baumgartner right now. Madison Baumgartner is the only reason why the uh, San Francisco Giants won two World Series in three years, and it's because of Madison Baumgartner. He might be one of the worst. Uh, Regular season pitchers I've seen in the past few years. You put him in the no, playoffs in the past few years. Go look at his numbers. Are you kidding? The the last two, yeah, but before that, that's a few. Oh, oh okay. But I thought you meant as a as a whole. Like Madison I know what Bumgarner. he's done when when Madison he was twenty four, twenty five. Was nice. I know. I, I up until he turned twenty eight, twenty nine years old, he's been awful, awful in the regular season. Don't get me wrong. He he's the Madison Baumgartner is the one pitcher as a New York Yankee fan I wanted. One, he's a lefty, but two. What he's done in the playoffs right. was magical. But think about this. That's another perfect example of what I was saying. Madison Bumgarner, when he broke through, was not the best pitcher on that team either. They had Tim Lincecum. They had Matt Cain. They had Tim Hudson. They had all these guys. I, th- I think he was better than all of them at the, when they won the World Series. In 2012, you're talking about? When they won the World Series in two of the three years that they won. Okay, because Bumgarner wasn't a big part of the first one. He was, I think, on the roster, but he wasn't a big The second one. The second one. He was not the best stuff pitcher, not the best talented pitcher at that time, but he was the best postseason pitcher. The third one, he was. He was obviously, he was an ace at that point. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But the second time, too, it was still Lincecum and Kane and those guys that were the best pitchers. But it was Bumgarner who broke out the most in the postseason. So it, it can happen with these new guys. The best pitcher for the Red Sox last year was Nathan Avaldi. He's not the best pitcher on that pitching staff. That's Chris Sale. These guys break through for these teams at certain times, and, some, and maybe that can happen with one of the Yankee guys and give it a chance because it's an unknown. It, it, I, I, I Listen, I'm all about experience and the New York Yankees pitching staff besides Masahiro Tanaka and CC Sabathia, don't have the playoff experience. Um, I wanted them to go out there and get another number one type pitcher. Agreed. They didn't. No, they should have. And that is why I hate Brian Cashman right now at the moment because he, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm going to say it again. If they, if they win their division and they don't have a wild card game, which it, I don't think they will because I think their division is too far out of the reach, of the Tampa Bay Rays and definitely the Boston Red Sox. Right, the Rays will be a wild card team. Um, I firmly believe the New York Yankees are going to lose in a what is it a five game series in a five game series to whoever they play, who which will so probably would, be so it, Tampa, it, Cleveland, or no, Minnesota. I think it's, I think teams. it's going to be Minnesota because I think Minnesota is going to win that division. I think the Red Sox and uh, I think the Boston Red Sox are going to jump. No. Listen, I'm just telling you, I think they're going to jump the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm, and I think the I Boston think Red so. Sox are going to face. That Red Sox uh, pitching is woeful. The, the Cleveland Indians. And the winner goes and faces uh, the Houston Astros. Because okay. I think the Houston Astros, because they're only a game behind the Yankees for the best record in the AL. I think the Astros, when it's all said and done, are going to have the best record in the AL. They're going to be the number one type, okay, that's number fair. one seed. Okay, But I think when the Yankees play the Minnesota Twins... I think they're in a lot of trouble. I don't know. The Twins have never fared out well against the Yankees. <laughs> and you're 100% in playoff right. history. You're right. They haven't. The, the Minnesota Twins can't be the, beat the Yankees in the playoffs, but I think this is going to be the time where the Twins do, do beat the Yankees in the playoffs because I don't trust the Yankees starting pitching. And, again, this all stems down to one starting pitching, but 
Uh, you look at Luis Severino. Something is more serious with Luis Severino than what the media and the doctors are telling uh, the media and us. Dellen Batances, he's not back yet. He should have been back already. There's something more serious to these pitching problems than what we're led to believe. And these guys aren't back yet. And I'm sorry, I don't trust James Paxson in the playoffs. I don't trust Jay Happ. Maybe a little bit more Jay Happ over James Paxson and Domingo Germán, but I don't I don't trust Domingo Germán either in the playoffs. He's what is he 14 and well, 2 right now? Well, every team's going to have somebody you don't trust. I'm sure. Again, the Twins rotation is inexperienced in the playoffs too. Are you going to trust Jose Barrios? Are you going to trust Jacob Arizzi? You're going to trust but those let me guys. Tell you, the reason why I'm trusting them more is because they have nothing to lose. The Yankees have everything to lose when it comes playoff time. The Yankees are going to feel the pressure, not the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins aren't supposed to beat the New York Yankees. When no, they're, they're the not. But at the same time, though, <laughs> they also may have the we're not going to come back necessarily kind of pressure. So they, they can't play from behind. Their the, Minnesota Twi- the Minnesota Twins can't play from behind. If, if the Yankees get out to a 2-3 run lead, they, they're going to they're gonna no, blow I know out that. the Minnesota Twins. No, what Twins. I'm talking about is when you look at a season-to-season perspective, like the Twins have been a team that they've made the playoffs the three out of the last five, but they have those down years in between. Like they may – that make that kind of thing can put pressure on them thinking this has to be this is their our best chance this is my this could be the best chance we have in a long time especially if they end up losing players too so we don't know depends on the mental capability that's always a wild card for any team no matter how experienced you are i don't trust the yankees starting pitching and that's going to be a problem for me going forward um I really wish they did make a move for Madison Baumgartner at the trade deadline, but I think they would have asked for way too much. But Clint Frazier added in the deal would have just made it better because I think the Yankees are turned off by Clint Frazier right now, and they will be dealing him in the offseason. That is one thing I could almost guarantee that Clint Frazier— I don't know, because I think Cashman does like him, though, so I don't know, I don't if, know if they would. Listen, if, I think they should trade him, if, too. But if Cashman know. liked him that much, he'd be up here right now with all the uh, injuries in the outfield. He would be up here. He would be. Yeah, it's not even a question. He would be up here right now. But again, it is what it is. I I just don't trust the Yankees starting pitching, and I'm a big Yankee fan. The starting pitching really scares me. And as we've seen in the playoffs, you only go as far as your starting bullpen, uh, starting uh, rotation, not your bullpen. Well, maybe the bullpen right, in the regular season. Right, but it's when also... it comes to the playoffs, Speedy, the starting pitching means a whole lot more than it did in the regular right, season. Right, but it's also strategic pitching more than it is a roster construction kind of thing like you can structure your roster among having the best starting pitchers but that doesn't necessarily guarantee anything the Kansas City Royals won a World Series with Johnny Cueto who was a good pitcher and Jordano Ventura broke through in the postseason but their their starting pitching on paper wasn't great it was just used properly but that team was the scrappiest team I ever seen play baseball so I'm not gonna right but I'm not gonna count on their pitching or whatnot no but the Yankees team is is based primarily on bullpen and their hitting and their lineup. No, I know that. But and we've seen in the past with the Yankees lineup come uh, playoff time, they choke. They choke. Well, that's okay. It's fine. a different that's, breed. It's a different a, animal right, come playoff that's a time. That is why thing. you need your starting pitching to no, go I know the that. extra. That is and men- I don't trust the Yankees starting pitching to go the extra. But rating. I think it's more of a strategy <laughs> thing more than it is a who you have kind of thing more than anything else because we've seen also big name pitchers, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer struggle in the playoffs so it's not necessarily you have to have all these great big names either i know justin verlander pitched well for the astros everybody for the yankees have struggled in the playoffs starting pitching wise have struggled they haven't had experience we don't know that yet tanaka's you have to go by what have we seen in the past yankee playoffs experience 
So to say that Domingo Germán and Jay Happ and uh, James Paxton don't have the experience, you still have to go by what we've seen. You're, you're, one, you're known for going what has happened in the past. Look what you just said about the Minnesota Twins. Minnesota Twins in the past have not fared well right. against the Yankees. That's in the negative so, experience. So you have to go with what we've seen in the past. Right, but oh, the, the past New York Yankees wasn't starting these pitching. particular pitchers. The past was Sabathia. The past was Severino. The past who was... are all better and more experienced than these guys. This is what I'm saying. Right, is you have to go by don't... the past of the Yankees starting. No, pitching. I know that, but you also don't know yet because you don't know how these guys fare out as postseason. But pitchers. this is why I'm some saying guys are right now. You have to go by. You're what right. It's we... hard. Right. You're right. It's where it's harder to pitch in the postseason than it is the regular season. But some guys are just better postseason pitchers than they are regular season pitchers, and they just break through. So, and again. We have to go by what we've seen in Yankee uniforms in the past, in the recent years of the playoffs for the Yankees, and that's all you could go by. That is it. But well, right now, but we don't know. It just again, it's, the postseason is a smaller sample size that could be a good sample size, and it could be bad. A smaller You're, sample size. Playoffs are a huge sample size. It's a huge sample size in the magnitude, but in terms of the amount of games, it's smaller where you could have— But a, everything means more in the small oh, of amount of games. But, but again, that's, that's a mental stability thing that is always a wild card among athletes no matter what sport you're in. And again, there are certain guys that pick up their game in the postseason prime out example, of nowhere. Prime example, and I think I've said this before, Sonny Gray couldn't pitch in a Yankee uniform. He goes elsewhere, and he's an all-star. I think I've said that on a, a one or two of my shows last year, that once Sonny right, Gray Right, Sonny Gray Yankee, is another example of— what was bad in prior it Yankee postseasons. It is not easy to He's pitch. He's not there shirts. anymore. It is not easy to pitch. I know that. I'm just in say- general. In general. I'm just saying that's another example of a pitcher that is gone that isn't part of that negative experience equation. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about negative neg- experience. I'm not talking about the negative experience and all that stuff. I'm just speaking in the past and what has happened. Sonny Gray could not pitch in a Yankee uniform. He goes somewhere else. He's an all-star. That is what I'm getting at. It's not easy to pitch in a Yankee uniform. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to end our show today here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We will be back on Monday at 4 p.m. Make sure you tune in then. You still have the home stretch tonight with my good friend and co-host over there, Mr. Speedy Petey, along with Tyler tonight at 8 p.m. That is it for our show here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.